You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied by an adult. Welcome to episode 609 of the Sonic Society, the world's greatest showcase of modern audio theater. I'm Jack Ward, and welcome to the final episode of season 14. And I'm David Alt. Ah, Jack, can you believe that it's gone so quickly? Doesn't seem like a moment ago when I was taking over the keys from you at the end of season seven. (laughs) Ah, dear. So as we look back at this season, we've brought in some new shows and obviously brought in some of our old trusted favourites. What are some of your favourite moments from this season? Oh, I can't believe it feels so short. It feels like it's actually been two years when I look (laughs) back at some of the stuff that we've done. Um, For example, I can't believe A Most Dangerous Game uh, was released in September which is one, my adaptation of that show. Um, I can't believe that uh, The Hawk Chronicles, we started in September as well. And that was one of those shows that had been going on almost as long as the Sonic Society has been going on. And I'd never heard of it. It'd been on uh, WHCP-FM in Maryland. And I'd never heard of the show. So mm. I get to meet all these amazing people who've been doing audio drama, who have like slid past each other like two ships in the night. And I'm just so thrilled the more shows I get to listen it's, to. It's so easy to do, though, with so many new audio drama production companies just popping up all over the place. It's really been wonderful to see, because uh, back in February, I was down in Birmingham uh, with Pod UK, and seeing all of these amazing new companies doing audio drama, a lot of them based in London now yes. uh, for the UK, but all around all around the country. And you've got some of the old favourites. So with the Aftermath slash Yap Audio slash Scottish podcast there, uh, right the way down to Battlebird Productions with We Fix Space Junk and the wonderful, wonderful that I was so pleased to get on the Unseen Hour. Yes, I love that show. It is so wonderfully goonish, uh, and it's quickly become uh, one of the top in my. But of course, unfortunately, they're not doing any more. No, they've, they've done fifty, and that's it. Oh no! Yeah, I, I so I've got a couple to catch up on at least. That's good. <laughs> yes, it's always sad to hear that people have finished off their run mm-hmm. at 50 is at least it's a lot better than some i'll, I'll give them that, that's for sure <laughs> yes. but i remember like there's the oz chronicles where they're looking at the l frank Baum series of of like the marvelous land of oz and all that kind of stuff we got a chance to have some of those as mm-hmm. well yep. which was kind of cool and then there was eos 10 which was a real surprise of that science fiction series mm-hmm. and you'll find space ward there's been a lot of sort of almost you know borderline like very minimalist audio drama that's not quite audio fiction, but close to it that we've seen a lot more of a rise this year as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that first person kind of story, but they'll have a second person come onto the mic for one reason or another. And you'll see those kind of things. I think it's because they're easier to produce, easier to listen to for people who are not used to audio drama for that kind of stuff. Yes. And mm-hmm. and you can get into some really interesting, detailed, serialized stories for that. Absolutely. And and uh, one that's just started up from Fool and Scholar Productions, the people, uh, Travis and Caitlin, who are behind Liberty, 
Tales from the Tower and all of the Liberty Audio universe is, uh, and the White Vault as well, is Vast Horizon. That's very much a first-person narrative with other people in there. Right. And that's that's just started at time of recording. There's so much going on, though, and it, it's a really exciting time to be a podcast listener and a podcast maker. It really is. And, you know, we of course, this year we also had more of the Amigos doing Sonic Echo, which was great. And we also had, uh, I, I got a chance to come back and do a couple more Sonic Speaks interviews those are harder for me to find the time with everything that's going on but I really do enjoy sitting down and talking with people that I haven't had a chance to sort of pick their brain about this lovely medium and I've got more to be able to hand out for next year which is going to be so much fun and then of course I went to the NCRA conference just a a couple of weeks ago and boy are they excited about MadCon Uh, we're going to have some great program directors station managers coming to MadCon next year hang on hang on hang on hang on Jack Uh, what what is this MadCon of which you speak? <laughs> MadCon. Uh, I, you, you haven't said anything about it and over the I've past year. I've never mentioned it before. <laughs> I, I apologize for those people who are, are just tuning in have never heard this show before. <laughs> you must know the sarcasm coming up from our voices. But www.mad-con.com. No, no. That's mad-con.com. It will be the first full audio drama convention from July 24th to the 26th, 2020 here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. David Alt is your host. It'll be a fantastic time with a number of different workshops, presentations, panels, meetups, and live radio drama shows going on Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. It's an exciting time and really quite inexpensive price for those folks who want to come. We kept the price low for the weekend very specifically because we just want to be able to pay our expenses and have a great time meeting each other and being together. Please, please join us again, mad-con.com. Whether you're a writer, a producer, an actor, a musician, or just a fan, there will be something there for everybody and there'll be a chance for you to even come and record with your favorite people there'll be shows set up during various different workshops where we can actually do some recording of shows so people can book in and say look i want to spend the next hour recording with the amazing david alt is there a chance that i can do my doctor who fan fiction (laughs) that would be cool that would be very cool absolutely i'll I'll, I'll quite happily do doctor who fan fiction with anyone who wants to come on (laughs) that would be fantastic the end CRA conference was great. Did I tell you that I went to the airport to go to Toronto? In line, I met this guy and we were having this chat and he's in Kitchener Waterloo area and we were talking about various different podcasts. And he goes, "You know what podcast I really like?" cuz he did, he hadn't heard of the Sonic Society yet and he was just listening to podcasts. And I said, what? And he goes, the No Sleep Podcast. <laughs> and I said, really? And I said, so d- d- have you heard of David Alt? He goes, David Alt? Yeah, he's he's great. He's great. I said, he's, he's the co-host of the Sonic Society. And he pulled out his phone and he said, what was the name of that podcast? And I said, the Sonic Society. You find it on the Mutual Audio Network or on Sunday Showcase as we've changed. That was the other big thing is we changed our uh, feeds. So, mm, yes. And I know people are still trying to find us every once in a while. It's like, where did you guys? go (laughs) we are on the sunday showcase feed if you're just interested in the sonic society as a weekly show Mm -hmm. with extras of course or if you want to subscribe to the mutual broadcasting (laughs) the mutual podcasting network it's really the mutual audio network it's our main broadcast feed a mutual audio network and you will get new drops every single day those are for the hardcore listeners i think we're up to around 50 shows that have been dropped 
every single day. Wow. So we have on the feed ab- about 350 shows wow. since we began in March with the Mutual Audio Network. It's quite, we're working to be your largest curated podcast of modern audio drama, all genre based. Lots of fun stuff. So that was, I guess that's the other huge news of this year that we've sort of put aside as we've been talking about the Sonics. Absolutely. But talking of curated entertainment and something new for this year, we've got a, another one of my favourites. Uh, it's Oblivity, which is another wonderful British podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they've come to the end of season one. That's all there for you to binge. So let's go right now then to the feature for this week, Oblivity Incoming. It all begins right here on the Sonic Society. This is Wing Commander Christie to ground control. We're cruising at a comfortable 20,000 feet above the majestic Hellas Impact Basin and soaking in the rosy heavens of Mars. It's a crisp 10 degrees and shaping up to be a beautiful... (gasps) We've company, and they're locking on. Officer Bernie, what are we looking at? Defectors, a Class 8 battleship. Damn! That means T and 4 lasers and a sky full of trouble. Officer Lowell, raise the thermoshields. Officer Lowell! Officer Lowell, the thermo! He's not at his station. Where's he gone? Ribena creeps me out. Where does all the purple go? We need thermo shields! Okey cokey, let me just log back on. Your password will expire in nine days. Would you like to change it now? Lowell! Yeah? Shields! Honestly, it's like talking to a... Teletubby. Exactly! What? A seminal television series from before the Earth was decommissioned. The four protagonists were pathologically addicted to repetition. It was actually a dark parody of humankind's vain pursuit of happiness. I know the program. I took a module on it at college. They're caning on us. We should... I'd be Dipsy, the renegade. Dipsy? Dipsy was stylish and cerebral. The only time you're ever not wearing a dressing gown is when you're not even wearing a dressing gown and you think the closest planet to the sun is called the Melty One and also... Why are we even talking about this? It's... Irrelevant. Completely! Because he'd be Poe. Poe! Lol! Shields! And that's... That's a command. And Christy would be Lala. Lala! Simulation off. How do I keep failing this? I'll never get my pilot's license. Oh, if only we could pinpoint the problem! If it's any consolation, the data suggests our latest performance was commendable for the five to seven age range. Maybe just one more try? I have lab work. And Lowell, the fault we detected in the screen of the observation room has weakened further. I estimate it will be of critical concern within two days. Oh, I don't know why you want a thinking job anyway, Christy. Earlier, if the base experiences a shock event, such as impact from extraterrestrial debris. You might end up like him. I am Bernie, I am boring, I know what the melty one is called. If the fault weakens, We know! Compromise the whole base and suck us out and we'd freeze in a nanosecond. Exactly, which would be... Ace! The recognition we'll get! The crew of Pluto's only research station, ice sculptures. Fixed for eternity in the very moment of our own horrifying deaths. Just two of us would freeze on exposure. Cyborgs can survive for hours longer than unmodified humans in hostile environments. Vacuums, sub-zero temperatures, an airport travelodge. In der rupture, docked eine Schürte an. Orpheus says a pod is docking. Who'd be coming all the way out here? The readout indicates Commander Falconer of the 5th Martian Corps. Let me see that. Commander Falconer? From the front line? Falconer the Fearless? Valiant hero, scourge of defectors, cover star of last month's edition of Who's Who on your pedestal. And he's coming here. Why didn't we know? Spooky coincidence. 
Our new supervisor, who HQ said was going to arrive today, is also called Commander Falconer. Ooh! And you didn't tell me! When did they tell you? Remember that massive solar flare last week? Yes. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. We're not in uniform. The base is a pigsty. Look at the control panel. It's... Oh, oh, whose chewing gum is that? It's all hairy. And there's a toenail in it. It's yours. I know. What's her problem? I attempted to retrieve a diagnosis from her therapist when he visited last month. Was it classified? No, he was running away too fast to hear me ask. But the real question is, why is Commander Falconer being stationed in a remote research outpost currently 8 billion kilometers from home? <coughs> oh, I think I just swallowed a toenail. Oblivity by Rob Stringer. Episode 1 Incoming. Pod depressurizing. Quarantine mask on. I'm going in. We'll be watching through the screen. Remember the training. If it turns out to be a threat and my life is in danger, what difficult decision might you have to make? Popcorn, sweet or salty? No! You may have to incinerate the quarantine module and sacrifice me to preserve the rest of the base. Fingers crossed. Thanks. Fingers crossed. Quarantine door closed. Communications via transceivers only. Where's the protocol manual? What does it look like? It's a manual. With protocol written on it. All right, keep your grav pack on. Right, where would a lost protocol manual be? Oh, if only there was some sort of protocol for this! Uh, if it's any assistance, I have the manual committed to memory. Yes, tell me the procedure for welcoming Commander Faulkner to Research Base Persephone. Say, Commander Faulkner, welcome to Research Base Persephone. Is that it? Small talk isn't really covered in the manual. You could reassure her that it's natural to display signs of nausea after photonic travel. Got it. Over and out. Pod hatch opening. Visual confirmation made of Commander Falconer. She's saying something. Oh. What's happening? She's displaying signs of nausea, mostly on Christie's trousers. Is that in the protocol manual? Line up. The commander will be out of the infirmary any minute. Officer Burney, you've had all morning to analyse petri dishes of silt. Why choose now? Officer Lowell, where's your uniform? Oh, it's too late. Remember, best behaviour. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How was your shower? None of us saw you naked. Right. Look, uh, about earlier when I was... I hope your trousers are salvageable. It was an honour, Commander. An honour. She recorded it in the base journal. With two thumbs up and a smiley face. Apologies. Commander, it's just, I've studied loads about the Phobian Wars, and I, I hope you don't mind me saying, it sounds ace, and I've never met anyone with an eye patch before, and you're really good looking, and how can I get an eye patch? And would I need to completely remove an eye, or just damage one? I suppose it doesn't matter, because no one would see it under the eye patch. The I Phobian have... Wars weren't ace. They were extremely perilous. I suppose. 
It's just that when you spend all day putting labels on seedlings, you find yourself thinking that a bit of peril might actually be quite fun. You're the exobotanist. You've heard of me! I read the briefing on the journey here. It said that First Officer Christie was female and an exobotanist. I pieced things together from there. Please. Well, Officer, you've no doubt run a tight ship in the interim since my predecessor retired. I look forward to seeing your horticultural work in the organosphere. <laughs> Is something funny? Organ. I see. I expect more decorum from someone who apparently believes themselves above wearing their uniform. It's in the wash! Um, that's a lie. I made it into a tent. Well, I'm sure you're comfortable in your dressing gown. Cosy when it's minus 300 degrees outside. Currently minus 323. Expected to reach minus 332 tonight. Ah, now I've been particularly looking forward to meeting you. Him! him. Yes, him! And you'd do well to show him some respect. Him! him. Officer, I first wish to say that I was sorry to hear about the accident that led to your condition. My condition? There's no need to feel ashamed. Too many subjects come out of the procedure a mere shell of who they once were. Whatever anyone says, you're still you. And you still have your dignity. And I wasn't going to mention it, but uh, I regularly donate to support the rehabilitative work of the Cyborg Alliance. You think he's a cyborg? The briefing said... Lowell's the I'm cyborg. the cyborg? Oh, man. That's really embarrassing for you. So you're... Bernie. The astrochemist. Officer Lowell, please accept my apologies. I, no need. Best thing that ever happened to me. They built me up again wicked. Got me a new exoskin, synthetic cells, completely atmos-proof lungs. And, hey, look, I can make my eyes flash red. <laughs> and check this out. Half a titanium skull. I can smash a wrench on my head and not feel a thing. Look! Bloody hell. Oh, he'll be fine. He always forgets which side the metal is on. But what would make you forget a thing like... Oh, I see. In that case, my apologies to you, Officer Bernie, for the mix-up. Only you seemed a bit... A bit what? Perhaps a tour of the base. Do you have any interest in silt? And I've read all about the Mars campaigns a hundred times. The standoff at Mariner Valley. You and a ragtag bunch of misfits against a whole army of defectors camped out on the Eos Cosmata. The boys would love to hear you tell that story, wouldn't you, Bernie? I would like to hear someone who isn't Christy tell that story, yes. So this is where the food is grown? Yepo. Artificial light and heat. Orpheus, temperature report. 32 grados. Hace calor. What was that? Sorry, Commander. That must be confusing. I guess you don't see much tech like this out in the field. Orpheus is a computer. Somebody spilt milkshake into the mainframe. Orpheus, meet Commander Faulkner. Ankenam and Kenistermarken. I think that was nice to meet you, though as you're new, there's a small chance it said preparing to execute intruder. How can we know which it was? Are you experiencing an agonising ray of intense heat penetrating your temples? No. Hmm. The nice to meet you laser must be broken. Thank you, Orpheus. De nada. These look mouth-watering. I've not eaten a tomato in months. Ah, that's not a tomato. It's a tomato. It's a tomato-potato hybrid. Crossbred for optimised nutritional value. So... It looks like a tomato, but it tastes like a potato. Oh, you say tomato. Yes. No, I mean, I say potato, you say... Also potato. The long pink ones are obergranites, the big yellow ones are pineabages, and the curvy green ones there are bananas. Spinachy bananas! The view through the skylight is something special. Never thought I'd see the cis from this end. Cis? Solar system. Soldier speak. Ace. Do you say things like affirmative? Affirmative? Yeah, do you say it? Affirmative? Yeah, do you say it? 
Yes. Ace. We're actually looking outwards. That's the Kuiper Belt, a vast region of hundreds of thousands of small icy bodies and more than a trillion comets, and beyond them the uncharted universe, expanding out forever into immeasurable, lifeless, frozen oblivion. But like that it could make a person feel... Despondent, trivial, completely insignificant. That's the one. Thank you, officer. You're welcome. Oh, look! Shooting star! Oh, we get loads of those, don't we, Bernie? If you mean meteors... Then yes. And do meteors ever hit the base? Never. Excellent. A meteor couldn't hit the base because it's actually just the light you see from physical objects such as meteoroids, which hit the base all the time. We're safe, though. Safe? Yeah. Can't live below the belt without the universe punting a ball into our garden every now and again. We're totally safe. Except for the fault. What fault? Nobody's fault! The base is sound, is it not? Not completely. Yes, Bernie, it is. Isn't it? Because if it wasn't, we would all be at risk. And if we were at risk, something terrible might happen to us, and your silt analyzer might accidentally get all smashed up. Everything is absolutely fine. Exactly. I'm just going to see if Lowell's woken up yet. I'll come with you. No! Stay here for a bit. Try a... Satsumba. <coughs> Are you going to make a wish on the... Uh... No. What do you do with meteoroids, then? What do I do with plummeting composites of rock and metal? Yes. I try not to stand beneath them. Shake things up. Make a wish. I wish to not be crushed by a meteoroid. You've never done this before, have you? I can't accept that there's sufficient evidence that a desire can be fulfilled simply by articulating it in the general direction of projectile rubble. Right. Are you wishing something? Yes. I rather suppose I am. Not this banana. You need to fix the fault in the observation room. What happened to human ice cubes and being famous and stuff? That was before there was a chance we'd get told off for it. Oh. Well, I can't do it anyway. But you're the engineer. You fix things. Yeah. So, you know the manual on base maintenance? You've lost that too? Lost it? Nah, nothing like that. No. I ate it. You what? It was Bernie's fault. We had this bet about whether I could eat the book. Great. Well, I hope it was worth endangering us all to win a stupid bet. Win? No, I lost. He bet that I could eat it. I bet that I couldn't. I was gutted. Next time, I'll pick something that I definitely can't eat. That'll show him. Faulkner's gonna flip. Hey, chill. I can probably figure this breach thing out. In fact, I'm sure that as long as I can fix it from the inside, everything is groovy. Good. Yeah, as long as nothing happens, meaning we have to fix it from the outside, which is incredibly unlikely, then I'm confident I can do it. They're coming. Keep this under wraps till you get a chance to sneak into the observation room without the commander noticing. Until then, keep her out of there and act normal. Normal. Got it. Officer Lowell, glad to see your... I can balance a table on my head! As we're all together, I feel I should address any misinterpretations about my tenure of leadership here. I do not intend to remain long in this position. My understanding is that this is a temporary situation until I'm posted back to Mars and into the field. I'm just waiting for the call. Are we clear? Is it the toenails? The toenails are irrelevant! As are the smears of toothpaste on the light switches. 
the used Maruka plasters on my pillow, and I didn't even know mould could grow in midair. Floating fungus? I'm documenting it. Exactly when did anyone last clean around here? Remember last week when there was that massive solar flare? Not now, Lowell. What did my predecessor actually do? He just sort of let us do what we wanted. Not that we're comparing you to him. Oh, no, no, that'd be unfair. Thank you. Because he was way cooler. Well, as I'm here, I may as well instigate some improvements. I propose a decontamination of the base. A spring clean. My sample samples require attention. It might not be exciting or scientific or cool, but it is necessary. If we do it, will you tell us all about the standoff at Mariner Valley? First off, as Christy, are you attempting to bargain when I've just given you an order? Because I can assure you, I will not stand Valley, for such contempt Will you just... He literally will not stop until you agree. Fine. Well negotiated. Let's divvy up. Sleeping quarters A and control room Bernie. Shower room and lavatory Lol. Sleeping quarters B and infirmary Christy. And I'll start with the observation room. No! You only just arrived. You should be relaxing. I'd like to see the view. But the view is far better from the infirmary. The windowless infirmary. As opposed to the observation room. Oh, you mean a view of outside? Precisely. In any case, I've already spent time in the infirmary. But there's so much more to discover. The shiny metal walls. The emergency defibrillator that sort of fizzles every two minutes exactly. Oh, the poster on the ceiling with a kitten in a watering can. Oh, this little fizz. In fact, maybe Lowell should do the observation room instead. Why me? I really think it would fit your skill set. I really don't care who does it, as long as it's done. Okay, whatever. I'll do it. Thank you. If Bumface does the lav. What? Just do it, Bernie. No one yeah, ever seems to what I've got to say around here. I don't understand. For lavatory yeah. Where did the commander go? She went to the infirmary with her head in her hands. Perfect. In that case, Bernie, let's go do our work and Lowell, you know what you need to do? Yeah, yeah, on it. Ain't nothing going to distract me. Ooh, a radio. Wonder what's on. Static! Awesome! And finally, a reminder to report all suspicious behaviour and signs of defector activity. Victory tomorrow depends on vigilance today. This has been a transmission from the Syndicated Intelligence Network for Interplanetary Science, Technology, and Exploratory Research. We're listening. Right. Best get cracking. Oh, here I go in the observation room To fix something that will bring us to our doom The base will implode and everyone will go boom Except for me, because I'm a cyborg. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my, my ear is itching like crazy. Oh, oh. Hey, hey guys, look, look what I found in my ear. In my ear, look, it looks like the Nazi at the end of Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. It looks like his eyes are popping out and he's all melted. Oh, wow. I, I, I'm going to, I'll just leave it. Here. Right. 
Oh, wait, what was he doing? Um, oh, yeah, I was going to draw a wicked cool squid wearing a jetpack. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Finish the control room, Officer Bernie? Yes. Sit with me while I prepare this. Actually, I don't know what this is, but I'm sure it's delicious. Or at least nutritious. Or at least edible. Or at least... So! Tell me about your work. Okay. Exploring Pluto's habitability. Lots of fascinating discoveries, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Studying those meteoroids. No. Oh? If they've landed, they're meteorites. Oh, potato, potato... In fact, never mind. It's been a long day. A Pluto day is approximately six times longer than a Mars day. Yes, it really is. Officer Christie, so good to see you. Please, join us. Take a seat. Not quite so close. Oh, yum. Courgantelope. Where's Lowell? Hey! What the hell are you doing down there? I've been balancing this table on my head for ages now, and nobody noticed. At least that explains the draft on my ankles. Your breath. It wasn't breath. I take it you've both finished. Affirmative. Affirmative what? It's a soldier thing. What did you do with the rubbish? We collected it up, compacted it into a small dense mass, and fired it into space. You can do that? Uh Uh-huh. Went right out into the cis. Yeah, it's totally affirmative. You must have worked up an appetite. Snack? Don't like cojantelope. Oh, come on, it's probably good for you. No, don't want it. I bet you can eat the whole lot. What? I bet I can't. Damn you, Billy! So... So what? The campaigns. It's getting late. You promised. I did. Well, uh, there was one time in the volcanic plains of Tharsis... You said you'd tell us about Mariner Valley. But the Tharsis story is much Marina more... Mariner Valley, Mariner Valley, Mariner Valley, Mariner Valley, Mariner okay. Valley, Mariner There's really not much to tell. I was with my unit... A ragtag bunch of misfits. We'd been fighting for several days. There was a group of defectors. Boo. There was a battle and we won the end. Yay! Is that it? She's being modest. The team were tragically taken out, one by one. And there was only you left you thought your number was up. So you took one last run for glory. Blaster blazing, right to the final pulsar. Just when you thought that was it, the cavalry came swooping down. They were so impressed by your valor that they decorated you with a Martian hexagon. What's the Martian hexagon? It's like the Martian triangle. But twice as pointy. Nalgashrat! Nalgashrat! What was that? An impact warning. A meteoroid is going to hit the base. Really? I'm going to head to the observation room, see if I can spot it. Oh, we'll come too. No. Your orders are to stay here and be really, really quiet. Aye, aye. Commander. Do you ever get the nagging feeling that there's something that you've forgotten to do? No. Why? Do you? Me? Nah. It's okay for the commander to go to the observation room, isn't it? Why wouldn't it be? You did the thing? Jeez, you take me for a moron, you guys. Of course I did the thing. Bernie, what's the thing? Lowell, a word? Oh, that's right. I didn't clean the observation room. Also, I didn't fix the fault. Commander! The door just closed. Use the transceiver. 
Commander, there's sort of a little issue. What's happening? Thing is, there might have been a teeny fault in the observation screen which needed fixing, and the meteoroid hitting the base has made it worse. So basically, any moment the screen will crack and all the air will disappear from the room along with everything else, so you need to get out immediately before the door automatically... blocks down. You probably should have led with the get out immediately part. What do I do? Okay, Commander. I need you to listen very carefully to this. It's Commander, but yes, I'm listening. The most important thing to remember is that it's Bernie's fault. Me? Why? That's not exactly top of my agenda right now. Really? In that case, yeah, it was my bad. (laughs) Feels good getting that out. I'd really appreciate some help here. Orpheus, siren's off. So, we can't get in the room with you to fix the fault before it all implodes, and we don't know how to fix it from outside. I do. Nobody cares, Bumfluff. Okay. No, we do care. Do you really know? I memorised the manual. Before Lowell ate it. Okay, here's what I want you to do, and it's going to need teamwork. Please define the word teamwork. Officer Bernie, you're going to use the transceivers to dictate the instructions to Lowell, who'll go outside and fix the fault. What about me? I could throw on a spacesuit and do it. Yeah, why can't she do it? Because putting on a suit is wasteful of oxygen, which you might need if this room blows. Also, it takes time, of which I understand I have precious little. While Officer Lowell, as he has himself pointed out, has a synthetic exoskin and atmos-proof lungs and can go outside without coming to any immediate harm whatsoever. Oh, well, that's convenient. Go! All right. Come on, Bungle. Why are we going to go outside now? Because if you take what do I do? You have the most important job of all. Yes! I knew it! Name it! I'm your girl! I understand the base is modular, and you can safely dispose of any single room if necessary. Yep, yeah, Under emergency conditions, for instance, if one room compromises the rest of the base, we can switch on the incinerators and safely destroy... Oh... If it looks to me at any point like the screen will break, I'll say the word and you flick the switch. But... It's better than risking the whole base. I don't want to. No, but a good first officer knows when they have to. Fine. Though I want it on record that this job sucks. This is Officer Lowell to Officer Bernie. Do you copy Officer Bernie? Yes. Can I have my transceiver now, please? Okay. Got my dressing gown, got my fluffy hat, ready to go. And the repair tool? Oh yeah, mustn't forget that. Opening internal door. Off I go. The repair tool? Oh yeah, I'd forget my head if it wasn't thermo-glued on. Any door closed? Outy door opening. Woo, chilly. Are you outside now? Copy. Yep. Wait. What's that? There's some sort of thing crawling out of the meteorite. It's it's seen me. It's going to... It's... Lowell? (laughs) Got you, yours! We should keep lines open for essential dialogue only. Copy. Then shut your stupid face. Copy. How are you doing, Commander? I was looking at the view, but somehow staring out at the vacuum you might get sucked into isn't very soothing. I found some 21st century literature in the bookcase instead. Bernie insisted on those. He says they're early deconstructionist classics. It must have been very hot in those times, going from how few clothes the people in the pictures have on. Christy, have you ever been in a position like this? Depends. Which one are you reading? I mean a position like mine right now. Confronting your mortality. Can't say I have, Commander. This isn't about Bernie, is it? Because five minutes with him and suddenly getting sucked into space seems quite a rational life decision. You think you'll learn from your mistakes? Then before you know it, it's Mariner Valley all over again.
Have you located the breach? Copy. Have you located the breach? Mate, there is a massive ice drift out here. It sort of looks like a, a Danish pastry. It's wicked for sliding. Woohoo! Falconer said we have to work together. Oh, did she? Well, the maintenance book is in my belly, which means whatever I say is right. And right now, I say... Hold on. I'm just waiting for a burp. It'll be funny, trust me. Any moment... Did you hear it? No. The warning siren was too loud. Oh. Cozantelope. Implosia, zapet minute. Orpheus estimates five minutes until implosion. Get ready to flick the switch. Commander, what did you mean? What? You said it's Mariner Valley all over again. What did you mean? It doesn't matter. Pretend I never said anything. Right. The thing is, I'm not very good at pretending. At school, when the other kids played soldiers, I played sitting in the corner of the playground on my own, eating my sandwich and watching the other kids playing soldiers. That sounds... sad. Oh no, I was the best at it. In any case, we don't have time. We do! We've at least... Apart na minuto. Four minutes. Fine. But only if you flick the switch immediately afterwards. Exobotanist honour. It's a real thing. Among exobotanists. It was meant to be our last mission of the campaign. A couple of cornered defectors, they said. An easy round-up job. We were just a small crew. A ragtag bunch of... Misfits, yes. But something wasn't right. The canyons were quiet... I mean, they always are, but this was different. Like holding your breath, like the gap between heartbeats. They came out of nowhere. No, that, that's not right. They came out of everywhere. The fissures in the rock, the shadows cast by debris. They weren't hidden in the terrain. They were the terrain. Somebody spoke and somebody moved and somebody fired. I yelled for my unit to retreat, but my voice disappeared in the crossfire into red beams and screaming and terrible confusion until... I looked up into the vastness of the sky and its stars, each of them so small, yet each burning so fiercely, both distant and immediate, both ancient and so, so new. And suddenly I was up there with them, looking down at the people below their tiny lives like sparks from a fading fire. I wanted to stay up there forever. When backup arrived, they found me hiding like a coward and shaking like a rabid dog. I should have been discharged, but they wanted a hero. There was a sham medal ceremony, notice of a temporary reassignment, then they packed me off to the armpit of the cis where I could recuperate. So that's what happened. I failed. Now flick the switch. Okay. Initiating incineration in three, two, one. Hang on, the what are the sis? Okay. Breach. 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 Oh, hey. I can see the commando through the screen. Hey, commando. Look. She's not looking this way. Hey, Commando! Nah, nah, she can't hear me. Commando! Oh, um, breach located, copy? Okay, 
Are you ready with the tool? You have to follow the instructions exactly or it won't work. Ready. One, remove the cap. Two, spray evenly over damaged area. Three, wait for it to dry. Done. How long does drying take? About one minute. One minute till breach compromised. Oh! Orpheus spoke in... English? You're changing the subject. I didn't mean armpit exactly. Look, the rescue mission clearly isn't going to work. Flick the switch. That's an order. You didn't want to be posted here at all, did you? What? No! I did! Really, I did. It's a superb research base. You're just saying that because you want me to incinerate you. No! Really! And you're an excellent crew. Go on. What? Well, um, you, Christy, you have drive. So much, in fact, that sometimes I wish you could bottle it. You mean I could make a ton of money from selling it? Yeah. And the others? Well, Bernie knows a lot of things about space. Why go into the Endless Void when he can give you the full experience just by opening his mouth? And Lowell, where to start with Lowell? I guess the most important thing that you can say about Lowell is that he is also here. So what you're saying is... Ten seconds. Oh, I see, yes. What I'm saying, Christy, is that you're a ragtag bunch of misfits. Yes, aces, best damn team in the sis. Five seconds. Switch. Affirmative, Commander. Flicking the... There's earwax all over it. It looks like the melted Nazi from the end of India. Oh, I'm not touching that. Rot tricked, Dolaus. What was that? Um, Icelandic? But what did it say? Oh, it said the breach is secure. Oh, that means they fixed it. Commander! I'm not really a hogger. I see you are. Please stop. Get away from me. It's only a snowball. It is frozen nitrogen. Lowell, I bet you can eat that snowball. Ah, no, you're not going to catch me out with that one again. No, you're right, I'm not. What? Yes, you are. Damn it! Did you find the meteorite? It wasn't a meteorite, actually. Meteorite, meteoroid, can you not just answer a straight question? It wasn't even a rock. Oh? Oh, I see. The ball of waste, it fell back down. No, although it did originate from the base. You see, we do that with all our waste, not just the dust and litter. This was actually a dense composite of frozen human feces. Stop! Right there, Officer Bernie. I witnessed many horrors in battle that I can never unsee. I'm going to lie down and reminisce about those for a while. Ah, that's the observation screen reinforced from the inside. It's now completely safe for looking out at stars and, um... Planets? No, uh... The big invisible one with all the swirly bits. Space? Yeah, that's it. Space. I confess it is actually quite soothing. Yeah, I love how close it all seems. Almost as if you can reach out and touch it. I'm not even a kitten sort of person. But it's something about the way it's peeping over the rim of the watering can. You were right, the view is lovely in here. 
And... <laughs> right on time again, Mr. Sparky. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Did you mean what you said back there about us being the best team you've ever worked with? I couldn't ask for a better crew. Ace. I put in a request, but headquarters refused. <sighs> best on team in the sis. Hey, want to see something cool? I can smash my head with this wrench and be absolutely fine on account of me having half a titanium skull. Look. Other side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. Look. No, not the other side of the wrench. Should I wake him? We could. Or we could leave him to rest for an hour. A Pluto hour is six times longer than a Mars hour. Yes, it is. Yes, that sounds exactly right. You've been listening to Oblivity. To learn more about those involved and to gain additional content, advance to our website, oblivitypodcast.com. We would appreciate knowing if you enjoyed it, so please rate and review us on iTunes and notify your comrades about us. You can also locate us on social media and share your favourite courgantaloupe recipes. Really, please, anything to make this stuff palatable. Okay, team, supper's ready, even if I'm not. And that's the show for this week and indeed this season. Thanks to everyone who shared their work with us for the season and all the seasons. And thanks to you, all the listeners who continue to support us, who are finding us on the new feed. And of course, thank you, David, for another fun year co-hosting with you this show. (laughs) One of the best days I've ever had was the day you asked if you could be part of this trip, the Sonic Society. And I've never forgotten it, my friend. I do remember that uh, you had me working the Summerstock Playhouse for a lot longer than I've been on the main feed. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I'm certainly getting ready to get back into that particular mine for the summer <laughs> yes please join us next week as we begin our sonic summer stock playhouse you know i've got to get out of the studio and down to the playhouse right now to begin polishing all the brass yes and mopping the rake seat areas yes and, and some of us have been in there for a lot longer <laughs> I, i've been uh, yeah, trying to coordinate it all is, is quite a job no it, it's it's a pleasure to be on the society thank you jack thank you for I and mean, you've done this now for 14 years yeah, and it's incredible in this genre in this world in this arena to be doing something week in week out for 14 years online and showcasing so much so well done again and thank you and here's to the next 14 years amen as well amen until then have a wonderful summer everyone and of course have a fantastic morning it's sunday and i'm david alt and i'm jack ward thanks again everyone have a great day The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening.
This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hey everyone, it's Mark from Leap Audio. I'm here to tell you about something really exciting. July 24 through 26 of 2020, Halifax, Nova Scotia, we are gathering together in the world's first international modern audio drama convention and family reunion. Inspired in part by the living, loving memory of our dear friend Bill Hallwake, we're bringing together writers, producers, actors, and our fans for workshops, seminars, and even live performances. So join us, won't you? Go to madcon.com. That's www.mad-con.com for more information. I hope to see you in Halifax in 2020.